Today on the Forgiven Nutritionist podcast, I had the pleasure to talk with Dr. Aruna Tumala, and you don't want to miss it. She's a board-certified adult geriatric and holistic psychiatrist and the founder of Trinity Health in Wisconsin. She provides evidence-based root cause holistic solutions that you can achieve health, harmony, and vitality naturally. Today, we talk about how the current medical system could be lacking to really help those with mental health issues. She shares the real root cause for depression, which may surprise you. She's very insightful for how trauma can weaken the foundation for your health in both the body and your mind. You're definitely going to want to stick around to listen. Here's a clip from today's show. I mean, for the first time, I was actually learning real ways to evaluate for root causes, irrespective of the presentation. So it didn't matter that somebody had depression or schizophrenia or ADHD, or for that matter, thyroid disease or fibromyalgia. Because I would see all these conditions, like somebody mm -hmm. would come in, a woman would come in with depression, but she would also have a thyroid disease. And I would say, here, take an antidepressant. I know nothing to do. I mean, take your hormones and, you know, go to your endocrinologist. Little did I know that both were coming from the same root causes. Hey everyone, just a quick break to show some gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. Pendulum has probiotics that will help heal your gut. Their lineup includes Acromancia, Metabolic Daily, and one called Glucose Control, which is great for anyone wanting to improve their blood sugar levels, and you don't have to be a diabetic to take it. Any of these three probiotics include an important strain of probiotic called Acromancia, which is only sold by Pendulum and is a key component of strengthening your gut lining and gut health. All of their products are clinically studied and third-party tested for quality. Check out all of their products at pendulumlife.com forward slash discount forward slash forgiven or click the link in the show notes. Use code forgiven for 20% off your first month membership. Why don't you tell my listeners uh, a little bit about yourself, a little bit about how you ended up here in Wisconsin and how you ended up doing what you're doing? Oh, gosh, <laughs> I will do my best with that. <laughs> so, yeah, I grew up in India. I, uh, yeah, you know, I was uh, interested in science and medicine as a child. And so it, it was natural for me to go into medical school. But um, really, when I started doing my rotations in psychiatry, I became very, very uh, enamored by how the brain functions. And that's how you know I chose to become a psychiatrist. And I did my uh, postgraduate education in psychiatry in India as well. And then I got married and my husband was working here. So that's how I ended up moving to the United States. And Wisconsin, particularly, we were actually in California, but I fell in love with uh, the people of Wisconsin when I came here to interview for, for a residency program. And I chose to do my residency here. I'm in the, the Midwestern uh, uh, hospitality and, and the very down to earth. Uh, I had really good experiences in that short amount of time when I'd come to um, tour for my residency interview. And, um, and so when I first came here, I, I had to repeat my residency program and uh, also, I was interested in uh, geriatric psychiatry, so I completed a fellowship in, in geriatric psychiatry and then started working for a local hospital. I don't know if I can mention the name. You can edit it out if you don't think it's appropriate. I started working for Rogers Memorial Hospital as an oh, okay. attending psychiatrist. And um, But the contrast in my education in India and here is uh, night and day. Like, uh, you know, we were reading the same textbooks, we were studying the same information, 
But the way it was interpreted was very different in India. Like, for instance, it was drilled into me that because we really didn't know what actually causes mental illness, it became, it, it was very, very necessary for us to rule out all of the physical diseases that could be contributing to mental illness. So that was a basic understanding that we only diagnose somebody with a, a mental illness only when we have exhausted all other known causes, which meant that I had to be very familiar with the neurology, with how the brain is functioning, with drug use, um, and other diseases of like nutritional deficiencies that can masquerade, mm -hmm. hormonal uh, imbalances that can masquerade as mental illness. But when I came here, the mind and body were completely divorced. Like I, uh, like in India, if I did not complete a physical exam and a neurological exam, my evaluation of a psychiatric patient was considered incomplete. Whereas here, if I, uh, I mean, this actually happened to me on my very first day, everybody knew I was a practicing psychiatrist from India. So the attending said, hey, why don't you demonstrate how to do a psychiatric eval for the actual brand new medical student and uh, psychiatry resident. So I interviewed the patient and after that I stood up to examine the patient, do a, a physical exam, which as a medical doctor we all should be doing. The attending was aghast. He was like, don't touch the patient, that's medical legal liability. I'm like, well, how are you going to rule out organic or you know other diseases that could be masquerading as mental illness? And I was like, oh, we have an internist for that. You don't touch the patient. So I was very shocked, but I didn't want to rock the boat too much. I was like, okay, when in Rome do as Romans do, and I went down that path and I saw like, you know, like uh, even in practice, like there would be so many people that would get diagnosed with schizophrenia, schizoaffective, but they're having a primary cocaine addiction. And we all mm -hmm. know that these drugs can cause symptoms of psychosis. Again, in India, if somebody had an addiction problem, we understood it was coming secondary to the addiction. So yes, we treated the psychosis or the depression, but we also paid attention to absolutely addressing the main problem, which is the addiction, which then comes from low self-worth and, you know, all of those things. Right. Whereas here, the focus was only on the symptom management, not really on the on the root causes. So I was having a little bit of this dissatisfaction, but really when I became a mom uh, and I began to learn about toxins in our environment, in our food, and that made me question everything that I was eating, the co uh, cosmetics I was using, the home care, body care products that I was using, and then naturally I was like, well, if I'm being so careful for my developing baby and my young ones, and, and a lot of it, you know, we, we know that a lot of the brain development happens in that first year of birth. And so mm -hmm. I was so careful about what I was, you know, when I was nursing about what I was eating, what I was drinking, and, and then what I was feeding them. I naturally thought about the connection between diet and mental health, but there was nothing in literature, in mainstream literature. But I went down this path, started asking questions, and the universe just paved the road for me. So I ended up going to conferences that were in alignment with what I was seeking. The, the main one was American Board of Integrative Health, uh, American Board of Integrative and Holistic Medicine. And I dove right in. I was fascinated with all the information. And it was, I mean, for the first time, I was actually learning real ways to evaluate for root causes, irrespective of the presentation. So it didn't matter that somebody had depression or schizophrenia or ADHD or for that matter, thyroid disease or fibromyalgia. 
because I would see all these conditions. Like somebody mm-hmm. would come in, a woman would come in with depression, but she would also have a thyroid disease. And I would say, here, take an antidepressant. I know nothing to do. I mean, take your hormones and, you know, go to your endocrinologist. Little did I know that both were coming from the same root causes. And if right. one person could address those root causes, all diseases can disappear. That's what I began to learn. And so I did get my diploma in integrative and holistic medicine. I became uh, fascinated with, um, I chose functional medicine and Ayurvedic medicine as the modalities that I wanted to practice. And I continued, I pursued further education. By 2016, I was ready to kind of implement this mode of um, evaluation and treatment in a very full manner. But the powers that be at Rogers didn't like what I was doing. They were like, "You, how can you not prescribe an antidepressant? Well, because they're having severe vitamin D deficiency or they're having methylation gene polymorphisms or they're having leaky gut. And I want to treat that first. And if they don't get better, then I will look at maybe medications or, hey, look, antidepressants actually do increase suicide risk and homicide risk. Um, or, you know, they can cause akathisia. Oh, look, repeat continuing use of antidepressants actually increases more and more depression episodes. Same the case with benzodiazepines for anxiety or antipsychotics for schizophrenia. We are actually making people sicker. This is not what I signed up for. It came time for me to part ways. And I realized in 2016, I mean, it was an overnight decision. I realized that if I really wanted to follow my uh, calling and do what my soul was asking me to do. I needed to branch out and start my own practice, which is what I did. And that's how Trinergy Health came into existence. So we opened our doors in, we had a soft launch in January, but I was still working for Rogers. But by April of that year, I gave in my resignation. I had three more months, you know, the notice period to complete and which I did. And um, September, I restarted, relaunched my practice and haven't looked back since. So <laughs> that's my story, Wendy. That's that's wonderful. And, and it makes me so happy, not only because you're local, <laughs> which I, I love that, <clears throat> um, but I do think that um, I want people, uh, not just the clients that I seek as well, but uh, whoever is listening, I want people to get curious and find out what their root cause is mm-hmm. for why they're they're feeling depressed or anxious. And and that was something that was never really introduced to me or brought up to me in um, any of the years that I had suffered with depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of had to figure it out myself over the years. And then um, in the last several years when I started um, doing my own education and learning some of my background, um, yeah, it was very eye-opening um, and wonderful. And and now that I'm on the other side, after changing my diet and nutrition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and learning some of the things, the body is a magnificent, wonderful thing that can heal. And if you give it the right things yes. um, and the things that it needs, um, you can do a complete 180. And it's, it's, people get stuck in the, the mentality that it is just a chemical imbalance there is and nobody ever imbalance <laughs> yeah and nobody ever asks what and and even if there is okay what's what's the cause what's causing that chemical yes, imbalance yes. when no one ever asks okay what what is what is causing said chemical imbalance mm-hmm. um you know and like you said some of those things definitely for me um were hormone related i know Mm-hmm. And because of the things that I was doing, they were causing a lot of those hormone imbalances and, and other things yeah. too. So I, I'm hoping that some other people really kind of start to shift their way of thinking too, that, um, oh, maybe yeah. I'm not, I don't have to be stuck with this. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, any any person that is working in the mental health field for, say, two years, three years time, and if they're following up with people consistently, they will know if they are paying attention, they will recognize that, yeah, I gave them the medication. Uh, they seem to get better, but then they're not, I'm not able to stop the medication. For them, they're not able to stop the medication and they're not really experiencing a full quality of life. That is just the fact. And yeah. and then not to mention the side effects that come with, with these medications from mm -hmm. diabetes, metabolic syndrome, microbiome disruption, uh, even, you know, with long-term use of antidepressants, it's now linked to dementia. And I mean, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but the, the thing that is missing is that what you said, our mind-body systems are incredibly self-healing systems. They're mm -hmm. capable of self-healing. But Maybe our choices can either hinder it, hinder, hinder the self-healing process, or we can, we can, um, enhance the self-healing process. That's, um, really, and so many myths. I mean, I do a webinar every, every month now online. And I'm one of the topics that I did do was on myths of mental illness. The number one myth is that there is, it's a chemical imbalance, but mm -hmm. 70 years of research has not shown any conclusive evidence that there is uh, an identifiable chemical imbalance. So, right. right. Yeah. Well, and, and so I know a lot of people, and I know that you have said this as well, that uh, <laughs> inflammation is one of mm -hmm. uh, the main drivers. And uh, there's a lot of things that can kind of cause inflammation. And, and, and I know that you think that there are three main root causes, and I'm totally in agreement <laughs> with yes. um, what those three main root causes are. And, and I've, suffered from two of them for sure. So um, what 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 are the three root causes that you think are really kind of more at the core of why people suffer with depression and anxiety? Um, I, and this is this is an amalgamation. So my hypothesis is an amal or my theory is an amalgamation of my education and my uh, experience in observing patients. And mm -hmm. if you were to kind of, kind of, you know, do it this funnel kind of a process and, you know, look at everything that's going wrong in all their systems and see, pare it down, pare it down, pare it down. It comes down to these three. It's bad diet, trauma, and toxins that we are exposed to. And when I say trauma, I actually am talking about physical trauma as well as psychological trauma, especially early life trauma. But it mm -hmm. can also be the stress of life, wherein we begin to feel that everything is against us. The universe is against us and nothing that we do ever matters. And so we lose a sense of self-worth. We forget how to love ourselves. And that is one of the main, 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 main causes of any illness for that matter, not just mental illness, but even physical illness as well. And there's, I mean, there's scientific evidence to prove this, but there is also uh, there's a lot of, I mean, this this has been talked about in the spiritual literature as well, that loss of self-worth and self-love mm -hmm. or separation from the source um, is actually what makes us uh, choose things in our life that don't um, agree, that are not in alignment with us, which then leads to manifestation of disease process. So, um, and the way, uh, so whether it is bad diet or trauma or toxins, they have very uh, typical pathways. Number one is causing leaky gut. They affect the gut lining. Bad yes. diet directly affects the gut lining. Trauma with the, creates a hypercortisol state, which also 
affects the gut lining and the toxins that we consume through, you know, air, water and through our food and even through the skin also affect the gut lining for the worse. Mm -hmm. They damage the gut lining. And then that's one of the first pathophysiological processes. Then after that, there is inflammation and immune system dysregulation. And mm -hmm. when we do, when we actually go back in time in a patient's story, we will always find signs and symptoms of gut issues, sometimes starting with colic in their infancy. That is mm -hmm. also an example of a leaky gut. Colic is not normal. Yeah. Infants should not, every once in a while, yes, but not, you know, regularly colicky. And so we have to really think where is this colic coming from? Why is this baby having this gut inflammation at such a young age? So, I mean, but, but when we do the timeline, you can trace it back to that, to as early as infancy. Yeah. One of the first things that I do with my clients too, which I'm sure you do as well, is we do an extensive health history. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I even, it's funny because I have some clients that are, you know, my age or even older. And I ask them too, were they breastfed? And they're like, well, what the heck does that have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but then you find out that, they have had um, a, kind of a lot of ear infections growing up after yes. that. And then you find out that they didn't have, they weren't breastfed and they, were, they weren't born vaginally, they were born C-section. So all these little things can play into um, play into their health and, yes. and it can start to be like a ball that just starts rolling down the hill and it gets faster and faster and bigger and bigger as the ball yes. gets. And, and yes, I take all this information because, you know, this is it. And healing is actually educating people, you know, that they, mm -hmm. people need to learn how to take care of their mind, body, spirit systems. And they also need to learn what were the causes. Yes, my intake form asks all these questions and we go into explain to them. Well, I'll say something controversial and you can edit it out. So it's, you know, the mode of delivery makes a difference. Whether you were breastfed or not makes a difference. Uh, mm -hmm. But again, how, whether you were vaccinated or not, and what was your vaccination schedule impacts mm -hmm. gut health because our vaccines have a lot of toxins in them that we are injecting into babies with immature detoxification systems and immune systems. So uh, whether it is ear infections, eczema, um, and mental health issues or other autoimmunity has been associated with the current vaccination schedule that is um, so you can edit it out, but you know, this is, this is mine. <laughs> I, no, I definitely agree. I definitely agree, you know, and, and looking back, not only at my own, own health, but, um, I think back of my children too. Yes, um, you know, yeah. I, I, I unfortunately, um, followed the protocol where you think that you have to get them vaccinated for certain things at certain ages. And you think that you're being <clears> a good parent and, and you are doing the best that you can at the time with yes. the, the knowledge yeah. that you have, you know, yeah. But then I also notice as soon as I ha had done things like that for some of my children, the, the effects that they had immediately afterwards. And yeah. um, Well, I was so unconscious, Wendy, I didn't even realize until I went down this path and I began to connect the dots. Um, mm -hmm. I know for a fact that my older daughter, I mean, both of them, sadly, <laughs> have, you know, have affected their health, con uh, health state, not for the better. But, and yes, there was a time when I felt guilty. I don't. I mean, I don't, uh, I have compassion for, for myself at that time. My older daughter, within four weeks of her birth, she developed eczema. And mm. I didn't, I didn't put two and two together. It, I mean, now when I, and then she had that, 
Uh, plus, she was a little bit emotionally dysregulated. You know, she was uh, biting her nails. So there was a little bit of that anxiety going on. She was high strung, which we thought was her personality. No, that's not. That is brain that is inflamed that is behaving that way. Mm -hmm. So it's in going down this path. And, you know, um, I've seen her, you know, she went from biting her nails down till they were bleeding to completely stopping in three months time. We actually began to see her personality flower when we went through this process as a family. And finally, in 2016, uh, I finally, you know, have, I've stopped vaccinating my kids. And that's when I saw that uh, her uh, eczema completely went away. She had, I mean, by then it had become mild, but every winter I would see there was a flare up. Guess what I was mm -hmm. doing every winter? I was giving her the flu vaccine. Basically, I stopped taking her for wellness checks and the younger one too. <laughs> Right, right. So we really have to pay attention to all the things that we're doing. And uh, yeah, they have not been vaccinated since 2016. And yeah, they got the flu in 2019 when we had that polar vortex. We all got the flu, but we haven't mm -hmm. fallen sick since. And yeah, right, right. Even COVID, we uh, are. Yeah, go ahead. No, that's okay. Yeah, um, I personally have not been vaccinated for COVID either. And um, Likewise. I know that. Yeah. And, and I feel great. And I do think though that, um, over the last several years, I've really worked hard for myself and, and, uh, my husband, cause my kids are grown. So they're out of the house now, but, um, we've worked really hard on, um, keeping up our health to maintain that good immunity so that if yes. we do come in contact with a virus, whether it be COVID or just the common cold or any kind of, any kind of, um, foreign antibody that's in our body that's not supposed to be there, our body can fight it off. Yes. You know, it's it's naturally supposed to do that and I and I want it to do that. So that's okay. So Yeah, yeah, that's been our journey as well. So um and yeah, I mean and you know, I think I was afraid of COVID for two weeks in March of twenty twenty. And mm -hmm. then I decided to stop listening to the media and do my own research and I actually read papers about the seroprevalence and the actual infection mortality rate and I saw that that it wasn't as bad as it was made out to be. And yes, I mean, people have died, but a lot of it has to do with the state of the immune system when a person falls sick mm -hmm. and also the interventions. But now it's common knowledge that, you know, ventilators were the wrong thing to do. Early intervention was discouraged. Oh, wait until you, you can't breathe, then you come into the hospital, you know. Whereas I started treating with supplements in my practice right when people began to fall sick. And I saw that when we intervened early with the right, you know, a lot of vitamin D, vitamin A and C and echinacea and elderberry, I have a formulation that has all of this. And that with glutathione and N-acetylcysteine, none of my patients who took my protocols ended up in the hospital and they did not end up with long haul either. So that's, that's wonderful. So if someone comes to you, um, what's one of their, um, and I know it's kind of hard to tell, but what's what's kind of your first standard kind of protocol that you kind of go through? Um, I know that you had mentioned that you give them some supplements. Does yeah. everyone get supplements and do you want everyone to do supplements? Yes, yes. We, the, and the supplements we use, so the, the foundation is diet because we, as I said, it's diet trauma toxins and mm -hmm. all three are causing leaky gut and inflammation. So we have to repair the gut lining. So for that, we do an elimination diet. And I, and in addition to eliminating certain foods, I prescribe medicinal foods. That's not a supplement. You know, they can, you know, it's, it's a different way of eating for about three months that will restore the gut lining. And yes. in, um, 
And in doing that, within two weeks, patients report 30% improvement in their whole uh, symptoms. So we do, we check uh, the, the state that people are coming in with a scale called medical symptom questionnaire. And we repeat that every time I see them. So we are able to actually track how each organ system is doing actually. And we see that at that two to three week mark, we see um, a 30% improvement, 30 to 40%. And at the four to five week mark, we see 50 to 60% improvement. But um, diet alone can do that. But when we add the, so we use two different kinds of supplements. One is the herbal supplements to reduce inflammation, to enhance digestion. This is all coming from Ayurvedic medicine. It's it's more than 5,000 year old system, a medical tradition from India. And the herbs are fantastic. We source from the best companies. It's all organic. There's no contamination. And um, with these herbs, we're able to restore the functioning of different organ systems. And then I also use functional medicine supplements, uh, mainly fish oil and detoxification supplements and some other things, you know, to restore the microbiome, to enhance the nutritional status. Um, and I also monitor their blood work and we do some additional functional medicine testing to look for mold toxicity, uh, to look for dysbiosis, mitochondrial dysfunction. So there's so much more that we need to look at when it comes to mental health. And that is what, uh, you know, I hope your audience will get this takeaway that no, there is no chemical imbalance, but there could be a mold infection uh, or mold toxicity or get bacterial dysbiosis or heavy metal toxicity, or it could be environmental toxicity. I, I see a lot of these things coming in and uh, and the proof is in the pudding, right? So we, yes. we know what's causing the problem and we intervene to remove that problem. And I see patients reliably getting better. So yes. What's one of the um, biggest food triggers that you think that um, that you've noticed um, that cause a lot of uh, not just leaky gut, but well, leaky yeah. gut, but that also causes the that brain uh, issues and problems with depression and anxiety? It's uh, mostly dairy and gluten, but sometimes eggs as well. I've seen dairy, okay. gluten, and eggs to be the main. Like recently, I had a patient who actually came in with psychosis. We put her on an elimination diet, and her psychosis almost went away. Then we reintroduced the eggs, and her psychosis came back. So okay, have to be so it, it the connection between and you know people will find it surprising how huh? really food can cause schizophrenia. Yes, yeah. It all depends mm -hmm. on whether what kind of immune system aggravation we are seeing. Yes, I can say for myself, gluten was a big one. Mm. And uh, every once in a great while, if all of a sudden I think, okay, just today we're going to not worry about what we're eating for this one meal, or we go somewhere and, you know, it's it's hard to, you want to partake and enjoy your time with family or friends. Um, and then for days afterwards, I will notice um, in my own personal mm -hmm. uh personality and the, the how my thoughts act and things like that and so i'm a big advocate for gluten getting out yeah. of everyone's diet so for sure. i i was uh, diagnosed with hashimoto's in my early 20s so mm. gluten was an issue for me as well and i was actually uh i still i mean uh don't eat too much gluten especially outside which is you know not gmo and glyphosate and all that 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's not genetically modified, but there's a lot of glyphosate. I need to correct that. But um, but I just, you know, I've, I've intensified my spiritual meditation practice. And uh, it sounds crazy to say this, but I've seen that I'm better able to tolerate gluten when in certain circumstances that I, I cannot avoid it. Or if I want to eat something, right. you know, if I want to indulge. I have seen that it's not affecting me in that same way. And I like earlier, I think what was happening is that I would be very, very almost fearful. Oh, I'm eating this. This is not good for me. So I would create that negative energy around the food that I was consuming. And now I've learned to kind of, hey, this is what I have. And I accept it with grace. And that seems to have me. Yes, I mean, still, I will avoid uh you know, glyphosate-rich wheat anytime. <laughs> right, right. And I will avoid wheat altogether because I don't want to stress my system, you know, unnecessarily. But every once in a while when that happens, just creating that shift in my thinking, um, I've, I have noticed that I'm better able to tolerate it physiologically as well. That's, so, that's wonderful. Is that one of the um, modes of healing that you kind of work with um, your yes. clients too when it comes to trauma as well, I would imagine? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's really uh, is about being in the present. We um, And uh, we, I mean, I allow one, maybe two times uh, for people to really go in depth about their trauma. But the focus is not in rehashing and re-traumatizing my patients. Um, it doesn't serve anyone. Yeah, I mean, it's a fact. They, they were traumatized. It is a fact. No question about that. But what needs to happen is that they were emotionally branded at that point in time and they become stuck in that pattern. We need to teach them how to set themselves free through the process of being aware, being present, and practicing self-love and self-worth. So that's so we start that in the second month. Once we see the body is on track, then we start off with the mind healing program. It really is about getting in, getting to know yourself from the inside out, and that's um, that's how we go about that. I know that a lot of people don't really. Um, you touched on it before about how trauma can cause depression uh, with cortisol levels and things, but mm-hmm. uh, could you kind of go over that a little bit so people can kind of understand? Because I think that, like you said, um, when people go through trauma, um, whether it's a one-time experience or um, something severely traumatic where it goes on and on, um, even just that one time, no matter what it is, um, even if someone verbally assaulted you, um, it can cause a lot of damage and cause a lot of internal stress that people don't realize So maybe if you could go over some of that, um, how it causes some of that stress, which then leads to some depression and anxiety. Yes, I think trauma is a biggie. And I would say that it's not so much the one-time stress, uh, but it is actually the chronic invalidation that uh, sadly children experience during the developmental years. And it's not to say that parents are bad, but parents are stressed, overworked, and we are all living in this rat race Mm -hmm. and we are not able to give that attention that our children need. And uh, that lack of emotional validation. Uh, And I've been, I'm I'm very, I'll say I've been guilty of that. I've, uh, I've experienced my own you know, childhood trauma, and um, and I was actually passing it down, you know, uh, to my children until I woke up and, you know, 
the thing is that we can put an end to it as parents and we can raise children by being attentive to them. Um, but what happens is that it's not only the, you know, the way I like to give a very visually descriptive thing. What trauma does is that it weakens the foundation of our body and weakens the foundation of our mind. So if you look at mm. the gut-brain axis, that's the central pillar that holds everything together. That's the central foundational pillar. And trauma, because of hypercortisol state, puts literally holes in, in the central foundational pillar, which is holes in the gut lining, which allows for toxins to enter, uh, foreign bodies to enter, inflammation to enter, and then it wreaks havoc in all other organ systems. But when you just focus on the brain or the, or the mind specifically, and the way what trauma does is that it pokes holes even in that because because it's in the mind our identity our self-worth self-love all of these very nebulous concepts are trying to build on itself especially in childhood but the chronic emotional invalidation and um, the lack of attention um, and inability for a child to be authentic to for a child to express their mood as well as their voice leads to a sense that their identity is not worth, worth is mm -hmm. not good enough or their voice is not good enough, their ideas don't matter, their feelings don't matter. And literally, just like I said, you know, imagine the central tube, the, the body tube is getting filled with holes or poked with holes. And then the, the top t uh, area of this tube is also riddled with holes, which leads to a fragmented sense of self. And it leads to these maladaptive behaviors of pushing and pulling, not being able to tolerate stress, not being, tr not able to trust oneself when things go, don't go our way. Um, and um, sadly, yeah, this is what we see. Yes, I know that um, that can definitely happen with children. And when you're young and impressionable, and especially if um, parents aren't equipped um, for whatever reason, maybe it's just because they're inexperienced or mm -hmm. they're too busy or something like, or they're dealing with their own traumas of some yes, kind yes, yeah. and they can't assist their, their child. Um, I know it can have lasting impressions and hopefully, um, if anybody has gone through any trauma, um, they realize now that they're an adult, they can address it and, and move forward because, um, it's life can be wonderful when yes. you get past some of those things, you absolutely, know, and absolutely. And, um, and, uh, I mean, for parents, I would say, Hey, if I can do it, so can you, <laughs> that's what mm, I definitely. tell everyone. I mean, I, there's no difference between me sitting here in my psychiatrist's chair and my patient who is sitting in the sofa across me. Um, the only difference is that I have had a few extra steps in, in this journey and I'm here to show the way to you. That's really, if I can do it, you can too. And it's, I won't say that it is easy because you have to become familiar with your own thoughts, with your own instincts, with your own um, choices. And you have to, it's a, it's really becoming a new you. That's what it is. And you have to change your thoughts. You have to change your beliefs. You have to change your actions. You have to change your words and your feelings. And before you know it, you have crafted a personality that is in alignment with your soul, that is in alignment with your dreams, your desires, and your wishes. And that's how you f you create your life and your destiny. So this is, this is what is possible. 
Yes. And I know that um, I've shared with um, some individuals before who uh, also were kind of suffering through some depression and anxiety. And I knew a lot of their history. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, you know, when I was going through it, I had to literally force myself because to me at the time when you're in the middle of it and I didn't know all of the chemical things that were going on inside my body as far as the hormonal problems and all that kind of thing that wasn't being addressed. But you're never going to feel like doing something. So you sometimes have to force yourself mm -hmm. to get in that habit and eventually that helps some of your mindset shift mm -hmm. a little bit as well. Um, and and. Of course, if you're working on your diet and addressing some toxins that may be in your home or your environment, yes, um, yeah. all of that eventually falls into place even more. But mm -hmm. sometimes you have to force yourself to do things um, because it, you're never going to feel like it until some of those things get addressed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. I mean, that's why I mean, sometimes working with a qualified professional like you, yourself, and you know, people like me, I think is going to be helpful. And which, you know, we, that's why I've come up with the, I mean, really six months is more than enough for people with depression and anxiety to heal, irrespective mm -hmm. of the length of their illness. It doesn't take long. And uh, so we, um, I've come up with the six month program. It's a protocol. We provide all the support. We provide all the direction. Um, and uh, in six months, we are able to reverse people's health state, both physical and mental. And um, I'm calling this Psychiatry 2.0. It's uh, it's a new paradigm for mental well-being. Oh, I think I've got you, Dr. Aruna. Hello. This is no exception. So I, I, if there's one message that I want to give to your audience, it would be that. Um, you know, it's, and it doesn't have to be only with medications. It is really about taking ownership of every aspect of your life, uh, but it is it is very much possible to heal from chronic mental illness. Wonderful, wonderful. And where can my listeners find you or follow you or even book an appointment with you? And I'll be sure to put all this information in the show notes for people, but if you could just tell us where they could find you or follow you. Thank you. Um, so I am on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at Trinergy Health. My phone number is 262-955-6600. That's one of the best ways to get a hold of me and make an appointment. And also to my website, it's psychiatry2.com. It's psychiatry, the word P-S-Y-C-H-I-A-T-R-Y, and the number 2.com. Um, and there's a, a, you know, people can schedule a free discovery call with me. There's an application form to fill, and they can schedule a discovery call with me. So that's one way to go about it as well. That's wonderful. Thank you so much again, Dr. Aruna, for being uh, with me today and taking your time, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Wendy. If you are looking for a trustworthy place to choose all of your supplements, Fullscript has 285 different brands to choose from. They did the work for you to check quality standards for all the supplements they carry. These standards are important because they help to ensure a product is safe, effective, and accurately labeled. Fullscript uses third-party companies to provide unbiased assurance that certain quality criteria are met when they add a company or product to their inventory. When you set up an account with Fullscript, use my link and you'll always get 15% off your supplements. 
If you want to continue learning and hearing all things nutrition for your mind, body, and spirit, click like, subscribe, or favorite me on whatever podcast platform you use. Or you can find me at ForgivenNutritionist.com. This podcast was designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your health and wellness goals with your current healthcare provider. It is not meant to diagnose or treat any illness or medical condition or take the place of any treatments from your current healthcare providers.